I have to tell you, I can't think of a more exciting time to be a female executive than right now in our history. You couldn't be better positioned to impact your company and your career mightily. Welcome to Women's Rules of Engagement, a podcast for corporate women. It's these penetrating real-life conversations we're about to have that will change the course of a career, yours. You have a sense, and I'm sure you see for yourself, that never before in the history of business have women had more role models of such enormous public stature, nor has there ever been more focus on championing female executives than what is occurring today. How can you take advantages of the momentum, swinging to advance your career, find the job you love, and expand your influence as a leader? It certainly isn't by tapping into the same old rules of the game. You know, I bet you see all around you every day validation that the needle hasn't moved substantially. The skills, attitudes, and behaviors that produce career progress have shifted rather dramatically in recent years. If you don't know the rules of engagement to acceleration, the career game changers, you're going to be left behind. Are you in your heart of hearts on board with what I've said regarding women's future and potential? Well, check out these six accelerators that will make a difference. Accelerator number one. Well, somehow women have misconstrued the rules of engagement. Although expertise and hard work are absolutely essential in business, they only represent the entrance fee. To succeed, you must understand the key leverage points to achieve recognition and mastery that have your voice being heard and that you're sitting at the table as a future leader requires more than in the old days. And very few of these accelerators have you focused on your project to-do list. So get ready for a mental shakeup. Accelerator, you are responsible for your career development, you alone. You know, I talk to women all day, every day. One of the things that is saddest that I hear executive women often talking to me about, and these are powerful, talented executive women, they say to me, I'm waiting to find out what is happening with my career. No, waiting for someone else to decide your future is not a leadership quality. Hear me? It's not a leadership quality. Certainly, your company is responsible for making, you know, the strategic decisions. You know, who stays, who goes, what projects are funded, what projects aren't, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, They have a lot of positional authority over the company and thus over your career. But that's at the macro level. You control the micro level decisions where inspiring careers are kicked off and emerge into reality. In today's marketplace, it rarely pays to wait patiently and expectantly for your boss, you know, or your organization to announce what position you hold in the future and it's grand and you fall in love with it. No, to expect they'll provide powerful career direction that also taps into your passions and strengths is really not happening today. 
Are you by any chance doing any of that right now? You know, waiting for someone else to open the door to your grand career? Your company is too busy competing in today's uncertain business environment to spend time crafting personalized career pathways for the entire workforce. And often, they don't even have time to do it in detail for their high potential employees. Not to mention something I think is far more important and you should really hear. No one can know you as well as you know yourself. No one can envision your fulfilling, satisfying career, but you, not anyone, no one. There are too many moving parts for you to depend on senior management or your boss or human resources. If they're proactively supporting your career development, celebrate. That's a win. And still, it's up to you to decide who you want to be and what you want to be doing with your life and your career. It rests in your hands. Please don't allow yourself to be boxed into a position you may perform well, but one that doesn't energize you because without this ingredient, it is difficult to thrive at every rung of the ladder. And I want you to know the accelerating tips I'll be discussing are simple concepts you can take on that will speed your march up the corporate ladder. They are intended to help you accrue the tools to make your career what you want it to be. You know, one of my clients who I'd coached to find her passions and explore possibility, I don't know, maybe about nine months ago, called me excitedly very recently. Guess what, she says. I just pitched a job position based upon everything you taught me. I realized I didn't want to be a leader. I want to work in an area of my passion. I looked around my company and I realized that we were paying big bucks to an outside consultancy firm to do work that I absolutely love. So I put a proposal together to take over the job, you know, and I did it for an increase in salary. I did it asking to be a full-time employee and I did it requiring all the benefits. The result, we released the outside consultancy firm at a savings to the company, and I have my dream job. Thank you. Well, I love hearing things like that. And I want you to be calling me with that same kind of news. Exploring where your passions and your strengths intersect most powerfully with your organization's bottom line is your responsibility, and it's an essential accelerator tip. Why? For two reasons. First, when you use your strengths every day or what energizes you, you are six times more likely to be engaged. But that's not the least of it. You'll have more fun, perform better, be more productive and excited to come to work with bells on every day. Well, the bell part may be a bit fanciful, though not the rest. Conversely, 52% of Americans who use their strengths for only three hours a day or less are stressed out. Identifying your strengths will dramatically improve your work experience, and that rests in your hands. Are you willing to be part of that unsatisfied 52%? You know, I don't think so. 
I don't think you'd ever be listening to this podcast if you were satisfied with less than the best for your career. Second, you always want to connect projects you take on or career direction pathways you choose, keeping the company's profitability in mind. After all, it is the primary measurement of success in business. By positively improving your company's earnings, you will gain more influence, respect, and reward along with increased control over your career. Not bad. So by aligning passions and strengths with the bottom line profitability of your organization, you earn a wealth of career capital for yourself. The most recent McKinsey and Company research reveals how important positions tied to income are. So listen to this. More than half of women hold staff positions. You know, positions and functions that support the organization, like legal, human resources, and IT. In contrast, a majority of men hold the line roles at every level, and line roles are closer to the company's core competencies. And by the way, line positions link more directly to the company's income, which provides a critical preparation for top roles in the organization. This role disparity, you know, women being in staff positions and men being in line positions, can impede women's path to senior leadership. Have you ever thought of your career pathway this way before? Where does your position, your current position right now, fall on the income side or the expense side of your business? Whatever the answer you can impact the bottom line. If your expense, you do it by reducing costs while still producing quality goods or reducing staff while service remains strong. The reality is, even though your reductions may be cumulative in nature, rarely are they big enough to equal the income generated through sales or production. On the income side of the formula, it's a bit easier. Sell more, manufacture more, while you got it, keeping expenses down. And if you want to gain more influence and more visibility at the decision-making table, which I'm sure you do or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, you may want to see what transferable skills you have that would have you or qualify you or have an inkling of your ability to move over into the income side. How do you do this? You share your interests with those in charge. You say, hey, I've really always been interested in sales. You look at projects that are going on and you volunteer for projects that have income attached to it. It's you creating opportunities because rarely will your company initiate moving you or any other employee from a total expense position to an income position on their own. It's up to you to take charge. Be creative and recognize opportunities. Then start focusing on areas of the business that are of interest to you. After all, why would you ever want to generate a career or take on additional responsibilities unless they will grow who you are, your strengths, and your passions in areas of interest to you? 
Or why would you ever explore spending time or energy on a project that doesn't enhance the bottom line of the organization? That's not going to get you the visibility you want. This thinking is a success formula for long, satisfying, prosperous career, whether in chaotic times or stable ones. You never wait for others to provide the career break you need to expand your influence. I could tell you zillions. Well, perhaps that's an exaggeration. But I could tell you so many real-life stories of executive women who took on these tips and reaped the rewards. We just don't have enough time for all those stories. And if you happen to receive a huge career breakthrough out of the blue, congratulations, see that as a gift. But that's often the exception rather than the rule. Your career can't afford to have you waiting in the wings. Okay, if you still have a question mark in your mind, Let me throw some statistics your way because they are the drop the mic moment in this podcast. Listen carefully. Only 27% of employees working say they are adequately prepared for the kind of job they want. 70% of U.S. workers never reach their full potential. And 69% of these professional Human resource people in your organization believe they are not developing their employees for the future. It's clear from these statistics that even the company doesn't consider they're doing a very good job with developing your career. So why would you entrust your entire future to someone other than yourself? If some of what I said doesn't get you on board for being the proactive designer and participant in building your career, I really don't know what will. Let's move on to accelerator number two. Your calendar tells the tale of your career trajectory. How much relationship building time is on your calendar? Not project meetings where you're working, but intentional You know, I'm here to develop a stronger connection with this person and build a more dynamic network. Is there a little voice in your head whispering, hmm, no, it's hard work that gets me ahead. It's my expertise and doubling down on that which will win me recognition. It's my producing on time and under budget projects that will move my career forward. No, Nancy, it's not this trivial relationship building. You know, I say to you most gently and sincerely, no, you're wrong. And you're not alone in this belief of the career-winning formula. The Center of Work-Life Policy reports, quote, more than three-quarters of the women we surveyed perceived promotion at their firm to be a function of hard work, long hours, and strong credentials. They're convinced that if they work manically hard to hit targets and meet deadlines, someone senior will eventually acknowledge their work and reward their sacrifice with a promotion. But if nearly 40 years of stalled out female talent are any indication, this strategy doesn't work. Close quote. There is no question that producing is a key to the much-coveted getting noticed and rewarded early in your career. 
It's just no longer the name of the game from men management and above. Now those hard-won skills and attitudes and nose-to-the-grindstone kind of work that earns you praise at the early stage of your career can really work against you. That is, if you're someone who intends to expand to advance to higher levels in your organization. Set yourself apart. You know, with 70% of the United States workforce actively disengaged, it requires more than expertise and skills alone to come alive and love your job. It requires you tapping into your passions and strengths to drive your career forward. The great news is that by simply identifying your strengths, you become 17% more productive immediately. It is you taking the reins of your career. It is you expanding your comfort zone. It is you strategically determining who you want to be. It is you courageously asking what you want. It's not exclusively relying on others. It is you owning the future of who you choose to be. Your goal is to locate, as I said before, that intersection point between where your interest strengths, passions, and your company's bottom line interests align and then make it happen. You can only find that through relationship building with higher level people in your organization. Accelerator number four, the power of proactive relationships. There is little doubt in the minds of the female executives who made it to the top that strategic relationships were essential to their rise. You know, it's ironic to me because I've worked with women from low level who are now in C-suite positions. And when I talk to women who have made it, they credit the relationships they form with senior leaders as a big part of their success. The irony is, If you journey back in time to their earlier career days, you'll observe resistance to the concept of relationships being key to their career and future. Please don't lock into the traditional thinking that settles women executives into less than they were created to be or who you long to be. It's just too tough to navigate the ranks of corporations today without loyal partners in place all along the way. Once you recognize the importance of creating strategic relationships, ask yourself, who do I know? Or better yet, who should I know? Women often diminish or negate this concept, which is paradoxical, as most women are natural relationship builders. The snag is that women sometimes run amok when it comes to developing strategic targeted relationships. At the core of our relationship definition is an inherent need for respect and trust and receiving enjoyment in the relationship itself, even when we're in business. Because of this fundamental requirement, you know, I have to tell you, women often hold themselves aloof because that emotional connectivity isn't there, or they take a couple of mental steps back to their detriment because they're looking for that emotional connectivity. And in business, it's not a necessary component. 
the tendency is to interpret such connections when we're going, hey, I want to do targeted strategic relationship building. We women put in our head, ooh, that's phony, that's false. Not something any woman would want to do, particularly me. And that harms us. So again, it's a shake up the mental frame of references you have. Accelerator number five, get comfortable understanding business relationships are about expediency. Perhaps you're still doubting the validity of building relationships as the make or break tactic for a thriving career. Please think again. The evidence tells a far different story than what you may be holding on to as the truth, your truth. So listen to this and see if this doesn't just jog truth a bit in your heart. The Center of Talent Innovation, CTI, did a study which ascertained 70% of men and 68% of women who have top-level sponsor relationships feel they are progressing through the ranks at a satisfactory pace compared to 57% of their unsponsored peers. That translates into a sponsor's effect of 23% for men and 19% for women. Wow, that's big. What does this practically mean for you, like in practical action? As you start proactively building relationships, don't think too low in the organization. According to Harvard Business Review, and it's called Why Men Still Get More Promotions Than Women. This is because men are more likely to be mentored by senior executives, whereas women are more likely to have junior-level mentors. Accelerator number six. As you're building your network of mentors, look up, way up in your organization. These concepts, when put into practice, will up the ante on your career progression opportunities more than you can ever imagine. Not only that, a real upside to owning your development is that as you feel more in control of your career, typically you're happier and more successful. What better outcome can you ask for yourself? The rewards you reap as you take ownership for your career are worth every bit of effort you put into it. You know, I hope this podcast resonated with you. I look forward to the next time you download Women's Rules of Engagement. But before I leave, one more practical tip. How much time every week are you going to allocate toward building powerful relationships with the influencers in your organization? If you don't take action, you'll end up exactly where you are right now. When you look back at all you've achieved, you'll be glad You spent time on this one behavior change. I guarantee it. And by the way, it will pay off almost immediately as these champions you create through your relationships go out spreading the good news about you. I'd really appreciate your thoughts and feedback about the podcast. You can reach me on Twitter at Nancy Fredericks or send me an email at nancy at thrivewithnancy.com. Much success always.
I'm thrilled you've listened to the Thrive with Nancy podcast. My intention is to offer quick tips designed for you to apply right away, ones that will boost your career immediately. I bet you're already considering ways to implement these new ideas. Perfect. Now, if you do me a favor, pass the podcast link on to those who will benefit, your friends and co-workers. Thanks so much.